Hi, folks. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC. This is John Kime, and you're listening to The Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, Rally? How you doing, man? Ooh, Ted, brother. I'm doing good, man. My legs are still a little sore from last weekend, but hey, I'm doing good because tomorrow is the day. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I, I Honestly, I typically, I don't care as much about the draft, but we haven't had a lot of football stuff to look forward to. It's all been sales stuff and off the field stuff. So I'm, I'm actually excited about something that matters in the win the loss column. Like, what are we going to do? And because of that, we're going to have Adam Aniba join us. Adam is with the Burgundy and Gold Report. He'll be jumping in here later to talk about, you know, all things commander's draft and the draft in general. But I'm also going to say I'm doing a little bit better than Chase Young, man. Did you hear the news today? You know, I did hear it. I had, I was in training and, um, you know, I had my phone off, but when I turned it on, of course it blew up with all the Chase news and, you know, I, I, I'm assuming that he's not happy, but if he's true to himself, he may say, you know what, all right, let me just show these suckers what I can really do and bring it on home. Who knows? And for those wondering, it's a Wednesday the 26th at 432. If you're my boss and you're listening to this, please don't get mad that I'm working still during work hours. But JP Finley, I think it was Nikki Javala had it first, and she put out that the commanders are not going to exercise Chase Young's fifth-year option. That option had to be exercised by May 2nd. Mm -hmm. So last week, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, they did their pre-draft press conference. Well, it might not have been pre-draft. They, they did a press conference on the third day. I think it was maybe third or fourth day of OTAs, and the media was out there. This is actually what they got asked about Chase Young last week. And uh, a non-draft topic, but it connects uh, with regards to Chase Young. Have you guys made a, a decision yet, whether you're going to tell us or not, about that fifth-year option? No, we'll wait till May 2nd. To make a decision or to announce something? Well, that's what we have. We have till May 2nd. <laughs> so at the end of that, then John Kime chimes in and says, well, let's fast forward and pretend it's May 2nd. I'm paraphrasing, but everyone started laughing and chuckling. Ha ha, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been a professional athlete. Obviously, you can tell. Just look at me here. But what, what do you think is going through Chase's head and his agent's head when he hears Ron say that publicly, that the second pick in the draft, the defensive rookie of the year, and you are dragging this out until the very last day that you can say yay or nay on his fifth-year option. You think he's going to be pissed, or why do you think he feels about that? Well, it, like, as I said in the opening, if I'm Chase and I'm going to – rally captain is going to turn into to Chase for a second, initially I wouldn't like it. Like anyone else, I don't think would like it. But if I really had a long talk with myself, it's not where I was. Yeah, I was the number two draft pick. I, yeah, I, I did everything my rookie year. Yeah, I did those things. But we know that the NFL is a, what have you done for me lately. And because of it, him coming off of the injury and playing the games, the amount of games that he did, he didn't do bad. But maybe they were expecting more. So if I'm really going to deep dive into myself, 
and have a, a, a true talk with my agent, then I've got to say, self, we don't like this. So we've got to show them who I am. And the only way to do that and to get your bucks up is to ball out this season. I mean, we saw Duran do it and he balled out. He got his money. Will the initial negativity, if you will, that when he didn't show up to camp, will that still be in play in people's minds? Or will it be a situation where bygone, they let bygones be bygones and truly see what he does this year to make that decision? And so if I'm Chase, as I said, I've got to show them what I'm about, the true predator, and ball out. So I, I hear you there. And part of me thinks, you know, you're rally captain. You're a little more mature than a 20-year-old millionaire. And what you're saying is logical to me. If I'm in the mindset of someone that age that has been a superstar and excelled at everything, and now you are basically being told by not extending this, by not exercising this fifth-year option that, you know what, we don't think you're good enough to spend and guarantee $17.45 million. I need you to prove it. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can actually do it. So prove it, just like Duran did. Now, keep in mind, to exercise the option, $17.45 million. If Chase does ball out and he does do a good job, then they are going to either have to get him to sign a new contract because he's a free agent March 2024. So the only other options there are a new deal, which if you think about it, it'll probably be, you know, 20 plus million dollars a year that they're going to have to pay him. So $3 million more than he would actually have to get in the fifth year option or the projected franchise tag for 2024 for a defensive end is $24.4 million. So $7, $7 million more than Just what it would be exercise, yeah. what it would be to exercise his option. So knowing those numbers, do you think this makes financial sense for the commanders? I think it makes sense to, if you will, take him off of being on cloud nine. I'm not gonna, I, I, when it comes down to the dollars and cents of things, I, I never try to count money. I think this this goes a little deeper than money. This this goes into, as I said earlier, hey, let's be honest. You just didn't do as well as we thought that you would have. So you got to prove it to us. If you prove it to us, we'll pay you to the moon and back. But right now, we just can't do that because possibly, you know, we think maybe you got the big head and we got to bring you down to size. You never know the mind games that the NFL teams play on these players you just you just never know and this could be one of those times that they are playing a mind game with him to see how bad he really wants it to see how he reacts to it to see if like you said a young 20 something year old are you going to pout or are you going to show and prove the ball is in your court no different than when you were playing college ball it was in your court to ball out and try to get a contract you got it so now, can you keep it? That's what this is about, I believe. 
And I agree with you. They need to see that young man do more. He has started 26 games and he's missed 22. You know, he skipped voluntary workouts after his defensive rookie of the year because he was filming a commercial. You know, the young man was trying to get that paper. Hey, I don't blame him. You try and take advantage of those things. We all know how vocal he is on the sideline. He is a leader on this team. He's an emotional leader. Even when he was injured, he was out there supporting his teammates. I don't think Heineke wouldn't have been a big deal if it wasn't for Chase. You know, I don't, I don't care if he's diving for the pylon. If Chase is not yelling Heineke or whatever the hell he was doing, he wouldn't have mattered in this town. So he is a part of this franchise. The, the thing I have an issue with is we have people right now, Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, that are making de- long-term decisions for this team where they most likely, in my eyes and in some other people's eyes out there, will not be here in 2024. So take a look at this. Chase Young, Montez Sweat. James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, William Bradley King. Those are all of the defensive ends on our roster right now. That's our entire defensive end depth chart. Mm-hmm. They are all free agents in 2024, every single one of them. Chase and Montez have the same agent. So Chase balls out. You can franchise him. Montez balls out. What are you going to do there? You can't franchise both of them. You only got one franchise tag. So if you're just thinking that Chase is going to go back to a shell of his defensive rookie of the year self, wouldn't you think $17.45 million to guarantee he's here? That's why you draft someone in the first round to have that fifth year option. Makes sense. Then that still gives you an option to franchise Montez Sweat if you can't get a deal done with Montez. That still gives you the ability to negotiate with Montez. So to me, the just saying, you know what, let's blame this on the fact that we don't have a real owner right now. Let's blame this on the fact that Chase hasn't been healthy, whatever they want to blame it on. I feel that Rivera's been back and forth on this. I think it's setting the franchise up to fail in this scenario long term. We don't have another free agent. So we don't have another defensive end ready to go. And maybe when Adam joins us, he'll be able to help shed some light on what the commanders might do at defensive line in the draft. But man, I've got some concerns from a, you know, just long-term overall perspective of what are we going to do with that position? Because we literally could lose both of our bookends, 2024, Chase and Tez gone. Because and I don't, they're free I don't agents going, at the end of this year. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that there is a plan. Once again, I don't know what it is. Obviously, you don't know what it is. But I think that there is a plan. And I've always said, and maybe that's just the rally captain's uh, outlook on life, that, there, that there's always a plan. I'm sure that, that, that the same thing that, they're talk, that we're talking about, they're talking about it. I mean, they are the one who writes the checks. They are the one who signs the checks, if you will. So more of that is going through their mind than ours. And so it could be a situation where they feel, hey, look, you know what? We're going to see what's coming out, coming out of the college ranks here shortly to see if we can replace them. Who knows? I just know that when it comes down to it, 
something good is going to be on the horizon. It may not be what anybody thinks it is, but something's going to happen in a positive oh, Something note. good's going to happen because we're getting a new owner. I'm a thousand percent with you there. <laughs> I just don't know if Martin and Ron are thinking about 2024. I think they are thinking about right now and right now, not yeah. get fired at that point. But I want to bring in Adam Aniba from the Burgundy Gold Report. Rally and I are joined by Adam Aniba. Adam is with the Burgundy and Gold Report. You can find Adam on Twitter at the BNG Report. Guy is all over the place. And as a diehard fan of this team, I really recommend you guys out there. Give him a follow. Personally, Rally, I don't know about you. I'm not a I'm not a draft guy. I'm not one of those fans that does mock drafts that just sits here and does all these simulations and looks at home. We get who we get. But Adam, that's yeah. why I like following you. Because mm -hmm. just seeing all the prep stuff you've been doing leading up into the draft, which is, you know, just 28 hours away right now. I mean, dude, how do you have time to do anything else? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I do this all year long. Um, I have two kids in the family, so it definitely is not easy. So uh, a lot of my film watching on all 22 and, and article writing usually takes place pretty late at night. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, I start off, I was, I'm a writer um, and a diehard fan. And about seven years ago, um, I decided to get you know more involved with scouting. Uh, I got some scouting training, some, some really great people, uh, Louis Riddick, uh, Apollyon, former GMs, uh, people that are in the industry and scouts. So I got my training there and I kind of put the two together. And like I said, this will be my seventh draft. I've been doing, you know, heavy scouting for about five years now, uh, specializing in HBCU and small school talent, but always focused on, you know, round one through seven, you know, um, projections that I think, you know, are, are fits for guys in Washington. That's awesome, man. And I would love to sit with you at OTAs or training camp one of these days, just to kind of pick your brain. Cause I was out there, Rally was out there, and I've got my little seat and I got my cooler and my notebook just recording and, you know, writing down notes and things I'm seeing. I would love to see, you know, from your eyes, what you're catching out there and what you're envisioning, how these players are going to be. And with that being said, man, there's just been so many mocks out there, so many people talking about, you know, draft process and, did you catch Martin Mayhew and Ron Rivera's press conference last week when Mayhew talked about kind of really his whole process? Yeah, I, I did. And, you know, I feel like they, they gave us a little clue into, you know, their thoughts maybe in the first couple of rounds, because I think a lot of people you've been seeing this Dalton Kincaid from Utah, uh, the tight end being projected to Washington. I think they kind of kiboshed that stating that, you know, they really like their tight end room. So in my opinion, though, that's not a position I really touched during my evaluation process because I think at most maybe they'll take a late-round guy, maybe undrafted, but I think they really like their tight end room. So that was one thing I took from um, their press conference. But the other thing that I really walked away from is I really do think that they're going to try their damnedest to move back. I think they really uh, like what they got last year when they traded back and got Jahan Dotson and were able to add some other players that way. So I think that they're really going to be um, a prime team to see trade back. And I think I think that that's, that's key for them because although, you know, you can get a blue chip at 16, the drop off from 16 to, say, in the early 20s 
is not dramatic. And, and to get an extra third, fourth round for moving back, I think this team's going to need to do that. So my main takeaway is I think definitely, I think look for a trade back. I think that's very much in play. I, I have to agree with you, Adam. I, back in the day, I was one of the guys who had my own mock big board. I, I did it all, you know, but then once the players didn't, they didn't select the players that I wanted, I get upset and say, okay, what are you doing all this for? So I stopped many, many years ago. Um, What's your take on the whole Chase Young not getting his fifth-year option? Um, I, I understand where they're coming from because rehabbing from the knee, I think that they want to see a little more. But I think it has a lot less to do with the injury and a lot more with the potential freelancing. I think that they're trying to really get him to move away from. I think that they're trying to really see if he can play within their system. We saw with Coach Z what he did with Deron Payne, and I think he kind of bought in. So I think that led to the you know long, the fifth-year option and the extension. I think with Young, the jury's still out, and it's a large sum of money to really commit right now. I think they're you know they're kind of in a hole right now because going into next year, you're talking about Montez Sweat, right now Chase Young, uh, Cam Curl, Antonio Gibson, Kendall Fuller are all guys that are on the free agent uh, block right now uh, coming into next year. So I think they're going to roll the dice and this is going to be another situation. If he can, you know, ball out that, you know, maybe he'll get a contract like Payne. But I think in the end between Payne, sweat and curl odds are they probably keep two of them, but more likely one of them. So I think young is probably in their long-term plans as long as we can see some production from him. But again, I, I think they're willing to roll, see how it goes and franchise them next year if need be. So, Rally and I were just talking about it before you joined, and this is a tweet from Nikki Javala. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, and William Bradley King are all free agents in 2024. That is their entire right. defensive end depth chart. So, right. you think you're going to have to replenish that by some free agents and some guys in the draft. Now, wasting, and I don't want to say wasting, but using one of our picks on a defensive end, and you're hoping it's not going to be a high pick because I, I feel personally we have other holes that I want to talk to you about. But knowing that, you're going to have to use some later round picks on defensive ends to potentially hope backfill the exodus that's going to happen. Because, yes, I mean, James Smith Williams, Casey Tuhill, FA. WBK, they're not, you know, going to be a large part of your salary cap and take up a huge chunk of that. But there's a chance you could lose these guys because they're not under contract. What are the odds you think the commanders actually do something at defensive end in the draft? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you've been hearing it all day, like Washington will be in play at 16 for, you know, one of the defensive end slips. But in my opinion, it's extremely unlikely because you're talking about maybe, you know, one of the three somehow slipped to 16. I, I just don't see it because after the top three, you know, there's a significant drop off. Uh, you get to McDonald's who's from Iowa state, um, some other guys, but I think that um, more likely and the way I've scouted it, um, I'm only scouting. I'm actually wrapping it up now is this kid Harrison from Ohio state. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, really hasn't hit that plateau. So it was a little surprising, but he's one of those physical freaks that, He's projected to be available in that fifth round even later. So that's where I think you'll see, you know, the potential to do that. And 
you know, remember post draft, you know, I think they'll look at a lot of undrafted guys and, you know, there's another wave of free agency. So I think they'll play that, you know, by ear, see how it goes. But I, I think in those first couple rounds, me personally, I, I've, I've scouted cornerbacks, offensive tackles, interior linemen to them, linebacker too, but they put a lot less emphasis on it. So I think that edge rusher will probably be something that they look more in those mid later rounds. Cause you know, we've seen with Washington, they've had great success with day three picks. So I think they're pretty mm-hmm. confident in their scout. That. So you you spoke about tackle, you know we we hear about Leno being you know great off the field with his humanitarian efforts and things of that nature, and sometimes being on the field he just hasn't cut the mustard the way that a lot of people would have thought he would. Do you think that they're looking at a uh, a, a position for him to, to get rid of him, or are you looking at somewhere else on the line? Well, I, I think going into this draft, I think you're looking at Leno's salary. Was it just north of $12 million? Um, I think that if they have uh, prospects like Roderick Jones from Georgia, um, a guy that I really like is Anton, Anton Harrison from um, Oklahoma. Those are some true left tackles. I think somehow if one of those guys slip, I don't see it. But if one of those guys slip to 16, I think that's a chance that they'll, that they'll probably move on one of those guys. And, you know, they could – I don't know, try to trade Leno. I don't see a a ton of value for him, but I think releasing him gives them a lot of cap relief. So that could be possible. But in my opinion, I think they're going to roll with Leno this year. Um, And that's why I think cornerback or tradeback or both is the most likely scenario in the first round. Um, I like a really, a bunch of these interior linemen going to the second round. So as much as I think left tackle is important and key for them, I, I think they'll probably wait on it. Like I said, unless one of these blue chip guys somehow dropped to 16. C.J. Stroud's stock has been dropping at that point. Yeah. And depending on who you talk to, there are so many different mocks out there. I mean, right now I'm looking at, you know, SI.coms. And they're talking about the commanders taking Joey Porter Jr. You know, and just I've got mixed feelings about that. But seeing Bijan Robinson, rumors of his stock potentially dropping, you know, running back out of Texas. Do you think that's something that's going to potentially happen? And if you were the commanders, what – do you think they would do that if you have, let's just say a BJ Rob, John Robinson or Stroud dropping down to 16? Yeah, I, I think Stroud, if somehow he dropped to 16, I think that that would be the one scenario I could see them taking a quarterback within the first three rounds. Again, this is smoke screen season and I, I don't see that happen. I think we're going to see four quarterbacks come off, at least four quarterbacks come off the board before 16, and I think Stroud will be the second one, even though, you know, we're hearing a lot about Levitt potentially going second, which I, I don't see it. I don't understand, but it could happen. Um, as far as B. John Robinson, I think if he falls to 16, that just makes it an even more desirable spot to trade back, because I think at that point, you know, a team in the 20s, will be willing to, you know, move up to 16 to grab a talent like him and, you know, give up a third, you know, maybe plus for him. So I think there'll be ideal, you know, uh, bargaining chips. So I don't see them doing that. You know, you mentioned Porter. Uh, the most slack that I keep hearing from Porter is, you know, don't make the same mistake with, you know, as William Jackson, he's a press corner. People are very limited in their understanding that. And it's, it's okay. I understand. Because unless you're really breaking down the film and watching them, you don't see it. But although Porter has got long limbs and he looks like he's built for the press man, you know, having the field in front of him and able to diagnose everything, you know, in zone, which is what Washington plays heavy zone and also Del Rio wants to imply a lot more press man. 
he is he would fit well with them. I think people just get way too caught up in that. It's one thing if a guy was in another pro system and he's got to really adjust. Like they talk about Josh Norman, William Jackson, but from the college level, man, they're they're clay ready to mold. And I think a guy like him, if he's available, um, that would be a consideration. But you know, there's Banks from Maryland, and another guy I like that should be a little be up a little later, uh, Brent from Kansas State. Forbes from Ole Miss. So I don't think that they have to stay at 16 to grab, you know, a guy like Porter. I think that'll be an opportunity to move back because although some might think that there's a huge drop off between Porter and the other guys I mentioned, there's really not, especially when it comes to size, speed, and explosion. You know, Banks, Forbes, Brent, you know, these guys, they, they have all the ability to really be, you know, day one contributors as well. So although I like Porter, to me, it's Witherspoon, Gonzalez, and there's a, you know, I won't call it a drop off, but as far as, you know, top blue chip guys, after that, they kind of mold into one. I can't wait for to hear that we're on the clock because we'll put all of this to bed and find out what's really going to happen. And I can't wait. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Rally. And we're joined by Adam Aniba from the Burgundy and Gold Report. And Adam, so I've been dying to bet on something. And to me, NHL playoff hockey, I might as well just burn my money. But FanDuel has their Washington Commanders first drafted player props out. So cornerback is plus 70. Offensive lineman's plus 210. Defensive lineman's plus 400. Running back is plus 800. Quarterback is plus 1,200. And tight end is plus 1,400. If you were putting down your money, you said you got two kids. Let's just say someone's birthday's coming up. You want to get him a uh, a bigger birthday present or her. What would you put your money down on this FanDuel prop? Yeah, I I would definitely do go cornerback because, like I said, the couple of guys I mentioned, you know, there's a handful of offensive linemen, but there is a bunch of cornerbacks. So even in a trade back scenario from 16, you know, think last year how um, they passed up the kid from um, Alabama at the wide receiver and moved back and got Jahan Dotson. This is a similar situation where, let's say, Porter's on the board. I can see them moving back, um, you know, to the mid-20s and taking a guy like Forbes, Brent, Banks. So I think it's highly likely that they either take a cornerback in 16 or move back and get a cornerback because, like I said, I, I don't think that Broderick Jones and Anton Harrison will be available because, again, they're the premier left tackles of the draft. You'll hear guys like Skaronsky, uh, you know, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson could go, you know, before those guys, but a guy like Skaronsky, um, you know, think Brandon Schreff when he played for Washington. Uh, he's more in that uh, guard mold, although he can play right tackle, more guard. So I think there's a lot lot more depth as far as talent-wise at cornerback in those top 25, 30. So I think cornerback is definitely the way to go. All right, we heard it. We heard it, So we're Adam. taking corner. All right, so <laughs> plus 170, Adam. I'm going to put some money down on that. I'm going to have to leave D.C. and drive into Maryland to do it. Or maybe I'll go to the uh, Fanatic Sportsbook at FedEx, try to put some cash down. But one last question for me, and appreciate you taking the time. What position do you not want to see the commanders draft at 16? Let's just say in the first round. Let's say they trade back. What's the one position from your perspective they cannot afford to waste a pick on? And let's take wide receiver and defensive tackle out of that just based upon the fact that we got Jahan last year and we got Duran and John Allen already there. Um, 
Quarterback is a pretty obvious take uh, as far as, you know, like let's say somehow Richardson or Levis Bowl. But um, I would actually just venture to say running back, not because it's a position I don't think that a guy like B. John Robinson would make a huge impact in Washington. Um, it's more that I think having Robinson AG for this year, and, I, you know, I really like a guy out of Tulane uh, named Tajay Spears that I think will be available in the fourth round. Guy named Keon Mitchell from ESU that'll be around in that fifth round. These are more of those scat back McKissick rules. That's what I think they need. So to me, it, it's probably running back because again, I just think that there's a lot more options, and I think they're committed to Robinson. I, I think you know, new ownership or not, you know, this is the same coaching staff in place, and I think that they want they want to get a complimentary piece of Robinson, but definitely not in the first round or second round. I don't see that happening. So I, I'm right there with you. I, I don't want this regime to draft a quarterback. I personally don't care if Stroud drops to 16 and something happens and he's there because I don't think this regime is going to be around in a year. And I don't want the next coaching staff and GM to inherit a quarterback that they did not pick. I want right. that vicious cycle to end with this regime and hopefully – we don't have to worry about that, but I am going to be on pins and needles Thursday night just because I don't want us to draft a quarterback, but that's just me. Rally? Yeah. Well, Ted, Adam, uh, my mind is just do the right thing. <laughs> Whatever the right thing may be, and I know that's a cop-out, but just do the right thing because, as I said, I used to do the big boards, and, and I just – I'm done with it. Just – Make us the fans and your the teammates proud. That's what I want, man. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. And Adam, thank you for taking the time to jump into the DMV mess hall with us. Is there anything Great, you want to promote while you're on? Yeah, um, you know, you can catch me every Wednesday with uh, Doug McRae. Uh, we were doing a show pre-draft called Draft on Tap on his channel. You can find it on my channel as well, the Burgundy and Gold Report on YouTube. Uh, so we do that every Wednesday. We're going to be transitioning to more fantasy um, show after the draft. Um, but other than that, um, catch me at the Burgundy and Gold Report.com. Uh, we're dropping our final uh, player card evaluation tonight, number 33. Again, uh, we mentioned earlier, OSU edge rusher Harrison. Uh, so that'll be out. Uh, so just check me out at burgundyandgoldreport.com. That's awesome. And for those out there listening, please check this guy out. Give him a follow on Twitter. I mean, the analysis, just everything they go into is top notch. And Very I can't stress yeah. that enough because like I said, I am not a draft guy, but I feel like I know more than I want to know after watching and following Adam and just kind of going through all their analysis. It is really good stuff. And if you are into all the draft stuff like Adam is, you definitely want to give him a follow. That's at the BNG report on Twitter. And Adam, thank you, man. Looking forward to uh, catching up and hopefully watching a practice with you down the road. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, I appreciate you. Really appreciate Adam Aniba joining us for the Burgundy Gold Report. I mean, I can't stress enough. I kind of check out when all this stuff goes on. I know there are a lot of fans out there that love doing all those mocks and everything else. For me, I, I always just waited until that copy of Madden came out so I could then play with whoever we drafted and do that. <laughs> and now I think I'm too old and I get my ass kicked on Madden. So I'll just wait until, you know, 
it comes. And hopefully we're going to have someone else come on next week to talk about who we did pick. But thank you, Adam, for joining us. I got a couple of clips left here, Rally, that I wanted to play for you. This is what Ron had to say about the draft and Dan Snyder. Right now, the Snyder family still owns this football team. I know before the draft previously, you usually meet with ownership, talk to them maybe what the plan is. Have you had that conversation this year with the Snyder family, and what was that conversation like? Again, you know, we're, we're leaving that discussion about ownership and all that, you know, to, to the experts. So we'll skip that. So Ron did not want to talk about anything in regards to Snyder, Josh Harris. I get it. But Dan famously called in that Dwayne Haskins pick, you know, rest in peace from his yacht. And you can't say he hasn't gotten involved. And I was watching the draft last year at FedEx Field, standing next to Mrs. Snyder, standing next to Tanya, when we traded back. And I was standing right beside her, having a conversation with her when we took Jahan Dotson. And at one point, she actually stepped away to take a phone call from Ron, because Ron was basically telling her what he was going to do. And she mm -hmm. said, you're in charge of football, you know, do what you're going to do. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the exact thing, but she told us yeah. and the fans that were standing around her that that was Ron telling her that they were trading back. And it happened. Are you surprised that, you know, Dan's still the owner of this team? that he hasn't bothered communicating about the upcoming draft? No, I'm not surprised at him not communicating, nor am I surprised with Ron not answering any questions about Dan. The fact of the matter is he's trying to put that to bed. And yes, we still know that, that he still holds the almighty ring. We know he does and he can do what he wants to do. But I think as much as we've checked out on Dan, Dan has checked out on us as well. I think he is looking at how can he spend that money and who can he who can he pay off and do the things he needs to do to to ride off into the sunset, brother. I think this is the last hoorah that he didn't want anything to do with. Yeah, I the fact that he wasn't even there for Sonny Jerkinson's number retirement to me, we've talked about it before in previous pods, speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. That I feel he has completely checked out and doesn't want to have anything to do with this. And now we're just in a waiting game. There are yeah. 17 partners in the Josh Harris deal. It's not just Josh and Mitchell Rails and Matt Johnson. There are 17 people. So it's going to take some time for that betting to happen. One of the questions was, did Ron talk to Josh? And this was his answer. Really, The news of a tentative agreement with Josh Harris's group to purchase the commanders. What was your reaction when you heard that news? What is your reaction in trying to prepare for the draft um, while also kind of hearing all this in the background? Well, I mean, as far as what's going on with, with the sale, you know, that, that's not a question for us. You know, um, how do we react to it? Well, you know, until it's done, there's really not much to say. And so we're going to stick to what we've done in terms of our preparation. Uh, we're going to stick to the plan that we had talked about back in February as a group, you know, sitting down with Martin, Marty. Uh, with Rob and, you know, and, and, and Eric, you know, pretty much our, our, our upper personnel department and just talked about what we wanted to do and what we needed to do going forward. You know, I, I made a comment earlier about being able to, to roster build, you know, and, and just to be clear about it, it's because of the situation we're in with the young quarterback now. Um, you know, we were able to go out and do a lot of things in free agency and, and positive things. 
Um, we got, as you know, we talked about, we, you know, we were able to get three starters off of three playoff teams, and that feels pretty good, especially for the positions we got them at. So we feel very confident, very comfortable going forward as well. Just going back to the ownership thing real quickly, have you had a chance to talk to Josh Harris's group at all? No. I, I, again, I, um, you know, we're going to leave that to, the, um, to what's going on, but no. So I do think it would be kind of awkward if they reached out to Josh Harris and ink isn't dry, said, hey, who do you want us to draft? And Apostolopoulos was on Squawk Box earlier yeah. this week and actually came out and said, hey, you know, I'm not really supposed to talk about this, but I'm still in the running here. And what I learned out of that was he needs some updated pictures because I don't know if you like saw pictures of him earlier when we were all trying to do research on who the hell this guy is, Steve Apostolopoulos. And actually what he looked at there, it reminded me of like the early days of online dating. And I, I met my wife on match.com, right? So okay. Mrs. Tailgate and I, we got together from that. Well, I, I met some other people beforehand. And there were a couple of times where you could tell that some of these people used pictures from maybe like freshman year height college before they gained that 15 or 30. And then, then right. you met them in person. And it wasn't right. exactly who you thought it was to the point of, I remember sitting at the bar waiting for someone to show up thinking, I just got stood up. You gotta be kidding me. No, no, they were there. It just wasn't who I thought it was. And that to me was what I saw when I saw him on CNBC the other day. Yeah, no good. No good at all. <laughs> uh, see, I don't expect Ron to answer those questions any other way than, than how he's answered them. Because if you answer it one way, then it opens you up to another round of questioning that you really don't want to answer. So to, to keep a status quo, nope, haven't talked to him. And we're focusing on this year's football season and draft. That's where our focus is. And as a reporter, that doesn't give you any leeway. So there's no end to that. There's no end conversation. Other, it, it stops right there. And I can appreciate that. And that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear that you talk to them. I don't want to hear that you talk to anybody. I want to hear what are you doing to make the team better? And I don't think having a conversation one way or the other will make the team better. Once the ink is dry, then we'll find out everything we need to find out. But up until that point, no. Don't give them any more ammunition than what they already have. I agree with you. I We've been a proponent on the show saying less is more. When it comes to Ron Rivera, and this commander's team, less is more. And I don't think he listens because he knows I'm not a fan of him. So I, I doubt he want to put himself to that. But hey, <laughs> maybe he does. And he's actually learning because less is more when it's come down to, you know, these answers he's had. But Ben Riley, I, I cannot wait for football. And it's right around the corner. And I'm going to be out at National Harbor on Saturday. I know you're going to be out there at National Harbor oh, on yeah. Saturday for the Commander's Draft Party. If any of our listeners are out there, come by. Say hello. I want to take some pictures with you. I want to get to meet. Just, you know, I'm not this big, scary guy you see here on YouTube. And hey, if you're watching this, click like on YouTube. But looking forward to catching up with just fellow football fans and Burgundy and Gold fans on Saturday. And to top it off, the defenders got a home playoff game this Sunday, and I'm going to be there. And I think and you're I'm, coming I'm, with me, right? I'm, I'm going to be there, brother. I can't wait. So we're going to have a fun packed weekend for Commanders fans, Defenders fans. Hey, guys, like you said, we are not scary guys. Come 
up, say hello. Who knows? May even buy you a beer. Keyword is May. <laughs> Keyword is May. So, hey, come talk to us. Chill with us. Vibe with us. We don't bite. So, hey, man, I can't wait for this weekend. I can't wait till tomorrow. And then I can't wait for the weekend. And it's going to just be a fun pack weekend. And thank you guys for, as always, I always say, for being with us. You could have listened to anyone else, but you're listening to the DMV Mess Hall. We greatly appreciate it. And rep it hard or don't rep it at all. Rally Captain, Tailgate Ted, we're going to be out for another episode.